2: Hour number two underway. John Grayson here with you. Thanks again to Wink for hanging out with us for the uh, first hour of the show. Always makes things go by all the faster. Bottom of this hour, a special guest will be joining us. Uh, we're going to talk with a young lady here in town who has taken the tragic death of Grayson O'Connor, this five-year-old boy that uh, that we all talked about last week uh, and have been following the story, looking for new developments. There's been very little news, unfortunately to tell you about what's going on in the investigation into his death. But she didn't wait for that. She said, how can I turn this negative into a positive? So we're going to bring her in at the bottom of the hour and have her tell you exactly what Grayson's toy box is all about. And we'll get deeper into that uh, a little bit later on. In the meantime, and Colin, I want to bring you in on this one because I know we've been kind of going back and forth on this for a little while. Uh, Has there been any movement on your own personal Christmas tree
3: front? there have been links shared <laughs> in texts okay. back and forth uh-huh and there have been slight small conversations but as so to far if and when we will order a tree order a tree well i went and looked at some of the stores uh after the show was that yesterday last week sometime i went and looked so we're doing in, f- in person cuz i wanted cuz it's it's a matter of limited space yeah and yeah. i don't want to get You know, a big tree that's like in Elf, where it's like up against the the ceiling. Bends over. Yeah, I want to find like a good size.
2: Now, are we are we dedicated
3: to the proposition of a fake tree? I'm most likely. We're we're most likely leaning toward the fake tree. Not a bad idea. Not a bad way to go in a rented apartment. Yeah, I don't think I want to mess with. You know, the the cleaning of it and everything else, and possibly things that may be inside of it. Yes. well, Getting a real tree.
2: I, I'm glad you said that because, uh, you know, Jen and I watched Christmas Vacation over the weekend. We'll probably watch <laughs> yeah. it three or four more times, you know, between now and the big day. Uh, but, yeah, between the cat and the the squirrel and everything else, it, it, that's the stuff we normally think about. And, of course, that's a comedy movie. So what we don't think about is what came to us from the good folks down at my old stomping grounds at WFLA – who let us know that there is a hidden danger in your Christmas tree. Or there could be, anyway, if you decide to go with a real tree. And they outlined this in such incredible detail that I thought, okay, I've got to hand this to you because there must be stories. They said, for those of you who prefer a real tree over the plastic pre-lit ones, you might want to keep your eyes peeled when decorating as unwanted insects could be hiding among the branches. Now, when I was young, we got a real tree every year. But generally, those trees came out of Christmas tree lots, like the open-air Christmas tree lots. And, you know, we we didn't go out hiking into the woods and chop down our own tree. No, no, no. I am not Paul Bunyan. So (laughs) we would go to the Christmas tree lot. There was a little barbecue restaurant that used to shut down for the winter. Um, nearby where where I grew up. And they always opened back up at the beginning of December, and they were a Christmas tree lot all the way through Christmas. So we'd go there, we'd pick out the tree, and we'd take it home. But the good thing about that is it was outside in western New York for a long time before we ended up getting our tree. So it's really cold there, um, and we never really had to worry about that stuff. I don't remember there ever being... An incident with a you know, with anything crawling out of the tree. The only thing that we ever had to worry about was uh, you know the dropping needles and the dog. That was the other thing. Is the dog every so often he he wouldn't he, he was old even when I was a kid and he was a pretty sedate dog anyway. So he never went after the tree. He wouldn't like you know grab onto branches and start yanking on it or anything. He was just really dumb. And he'd walk by and knock things off of it or occasionally knock the entire tree over. So there was always a little bit of worry about that. But being Florida, where where this story came to us, from where this story came to us, they went into detail, according to their pest control services that they interviewed for this article, the most common bugs found in Christmas trees include several species of, I don't even know what that is, Adelgid? I've never heard of that before. It's A-D-E-L-G-I-D. Adelgid? I I I don't even know what that is, and I probably don't want to. Aphids? Okay, I've heard of them. Bark beetles? Mites? Praying mantises? Uh, socids? Boy, there's a lot of things in this article I've never heard of before. Scale insects? That doesn't even sound good. I wonder what scale they are. Uh, spiders, moths, sawflies, weevils, bark lice, webworms. The list goes on. Who is bringing these things into their house that can start some kind of an infestation? And has there ever been? I mean, granted, it's a little colder here in general than it is in central Florida uh, from whence this story arrived. But, I mean, we have spiders we had those awful little stink bug things. I don't even know. I don't know what they are, but they hate me for some reason. They they have all decided that it's their mission in life to horrify me. So that's that's my worry. I mean, we have a fake tree down in the basement right now. We haven't put it up yet, but that's kind of the plan. Once we get through all of the boxes full of stuff that keep arriving at the house, we are, are eventually going to put the tree up. Or so the theory goes. I mean, we'll see if it actually happens. Um, and, and now knowing this, this is all I'm ever going to do for the rest of time is, is fake Christmas trees. I'm not doing the real trees anymore, knowing that the possibility exists that I'm bringing praying mantises, spiders, moths, sawflies, weevils, bark lice, webworms, and others into my house. I mean, the only dangers we ever remembered hearing about were the lights, right? Because you've got a tree that's been cut down and has been drying out or seasoning, as they talk about it with firewood, for a while. And you're going to bring that into your house and put up a bunch of faulty wiring that you wind up every year into some box where you know it's all just getting more and more worn over time. And house fire—that was the worry, not whipworms. And weevils and sawflies, no. So I, I put it to you, has there been a time when you have brought in a, a, a real Christmas tree? Or, you know, Hanukkah bush, you know, we're, we're, we're all inclusive around here. And, and put the thing up uh, and, and found that there was something in there that was not human. Something that you ended up bringing into your house. And it crawled out of the tree and essentially ruined Christmas. I mean, let's call it what it is, right? Because I'm thinking, I mean, we have what are, what are they? We, we have wolf spiders? What are the spiders are the thing that would make it the absolute worst? Oh, somebody on the text line just said ladybugs galore. <laughs>
3: they just keep coming and coming. Okay, but ladybugs, they don't eat much. I don't think I've seen a ladybug since I was 10 years old. Uh, we had one in the house within the last month. Um, is it the red one or the yellow one? It was, it was the red What's one. What's the difference? You
2: know, I don't know. I don't know um, but uh, yeah, they, they, there's that kind of yellow greenish color yeah, that some of them are. Yeah. But we were just getting ready to go to bed, and Jen looked up because the light was off already, and but the TV was on, so there was still a little ambient light in the room, and she pointed up to right over where my head is when I sleep, up on the wall, and said, "What's that? Is that a spider?" And I thought, oh, no, probably because it just wants to cause me to have a heart attack right now. Uh, and and so I, I got my phone and turned on the little little flashlight on the phone and looked up, and it was a ladybug. So I did what you're supposed to do. I went and got a little paper towel, and I got him off the wall, and I took him outside. I just opened the little paper towel up, put him outside, and and let him go about his or her, I guess, <laughs> go about her little ladybug business. Uh, somebody else in the text line just pointed out that the mantis will eat the other bugs. Yes, that's absolutely a hundred percent true. Uh also, we're learning now the difference is the red one is the ladybug. The others are Chinese beetles, which do bite and they hurt. Okay, so stay away from the yellow yeah, that's ones. That's not cool. No. Um and someone asked right after that have you ever been bitten by a ladybug? For thirty years of my life, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, I don't think ladybugs bite. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know that. Maybe it's just mistaken identity with the Asian or the Chinese beetle thing, whatever it is. But yeah, uh, if you've had a problem, if it's been an issue where the tree came in and there was something alive in there, whether it was you know this this Christmas vacation squirrel, or whether, you know, whether it was just aphids and ladybugs and mantises and spiders. Did did you get an extra surprise with your tree at one point or another? And if you have, grab a line, tell us about it, tell us about it on the text line, 913-586-7798. I just if if I needed one more reason to convince me that the real tree is just way too much of a pain to deal with, it's the idea that, and I don't know why it took me all this time. Not to figure out that yeah, there could
3: be a lot of bugs in there. It is after all a tree. Duh. Maybe it's just because I'm not very bright. I think um, the easiest part of it is not having to assemble yeah. the tree. You just put you it know, up in just, the little stand just and you're done. Up on top of the car or the truck or in the bed or whatever, and you wheel it back to the house and you can just walk it in, stand it up. But the with the plastic ones, I feel like you gotta take them apart every year. You gotta yep. put them together. You gotta get the box out of the attic. It's a whole And Then
2: you you have to remember, okay, is it the purple ones that go on the bottom (laughs) and then the red and then yellow and green? Is that how it goes? (laughs) Did you
3: you get the tree that already has the lights in it or are you going to have to go get more lights? And if you get more lights, when are they going to burn out and then it's going to ruin the whole thing? Yeah.
2: Yeah, it it is a hassle. But I think if it saves me from having more bugs in my house than I already do, it's definitely going to be worthwhile uh, over time. Somebody just said they got a baby bunny in their tree. When they were 12 years old. See, that's almost like, that's, a, that's an extra Christmas present is what that is. It's like, hey, now I guess we own a rabbit, too. We got an injured a rabbit. 913-586-7798. 913-586-7798. That was just for my wife, by the way, to make her giggle on this Tuesday morning. John Grayson here with you. Plenty more to come, and we'll get to you coming up. If you've got a good story for us, join in. More on the way on 98.1 KMBC. Eleven twenty one. the time 98 one KMBZ John Grayson here with you uh, doing our thing on a Tuesday and uh, uh, what, there's an article I want to get to here before the bottom of the hour again we have a special guest joining us just after 1130 to talk about a brand new effort here in town uh, called Grayson's toy box dealing with the death of Grayson O'Connor and its aftermath so we'll get into that in just a little bit do want to also let you know that coats for kids We, even during our last week of heavy-duty push for Coats for Kids, we still ended up short of where we need to be this year. So there's a couple of things that are happening right now. Uh, We are going to keep the Coats for Kids effort going through Christmas. So that's happening um, we, I mean, we, if, if you're not familiar, if you haven't heard us talking about this, Coats for Kids is something we've been doing every year now for many years running. And the good folks at Pinnacle Bank stepped up with a $3,000 check here on the show on Friday. They've been a, our partners in this effort for a long time as well. And it's all about putting a coat on every kid in, in the Kansas City area whose family can't afford one for them and needs one. It's you know, The warm weather just didn't really help us out at all this year. It uh, didn't really start to get cold until last week. So you know, donations kind of lag behind. We're keeping it going. So that icon will remain on the top of our homepage at KMBZ.com. You can click there and make a very easy, fast, simple donation. It's very secure as well. Two coats for kids. And keep in mind, $25 is what each one of these very high-quality coats that will keep these kids warm all year long is going to cost. So $100 puts a coat on four kids. And we'll keep them going all year and even into future years, handing those things down to brothers and sisters. So it's an effort that's well worthwhile. Not everybody can do that. Not everybody has $100 to spare right now. But anything you have, if it's a dollar, great. We can put it with other people's donations and make that happen. But just keep keep that coming in. You can also keep that, uh, that automatic donation going. KMBZ Coats, text that to 44321. Again, text KMBZ Coats with no space to 44321, and you can make an automatic donation. Please help us out. We're about $10,000 short of where we need to be. And it's going to take some effort to, uh, to to bridge that gap. But we know, as you have in years past, you're going to step up for us on this and help us out as much as you can. So again, KMBZ codes to 44321, or just go to KMBZ.com and make your donations there. Real quick, before the bottom of the hour, just a sort of a philosophical question for you, because we keep seeing these. These articles, we get to this time of year every year, and it seems like all of the year-end stuff, all of the surveys and the studies and things like that start to come out all at the same time. And for the last few years running, we've been hearing about how, well, the new trend is for adult children to move back in with their parents. And here we go again. This time, though, and the reason why I bring it up at all is that the numbers have gotten, in the minds of some, out of control. Because we're just now, according to QZ.com, just shy of half of everybody between the ages of 18 and 29 live with their parents, either again, as in they moved back in with mom and dad after they went out and saw the big wide world and went, oh no, I'm noping out, or they just never left. Now, 18 is kind of tricky. I mean, yeah, that's when we start this because usually that means college, but there's still kids in high school who are 18. So that's not all of it, but anywhere between 18 and 29, that number is 48% as of last year. The height of it was during the height of COVID two years ago, 49.5%. So it's actually ticked down a little bit from there. But it just, I mean, that's, that's an incredible number to me. Because I think most of us, age-dependent, remember how eager we were to leave. And, I mean, Colin, you've been out on your own for a while. How old were you, like, the day you left home
3: and, um, and
2: just, you know, were out on your own at that point?
3: Yeah, it was it was probably when I left for college when I was 18. So, 18, um, right. And then I went to college. I was there for three and a half years. But then after I graduated, I moved in with my grandparents, who live here in town? I don't know if they're listening. Hello, guys. Hi, guys. Um, because my family moved to Dallas, so they are hours away, that's, few states away. That's
2: how they kept you from moving back. Yeah, exactly. In, just yeah. Left town. Okay. So yeah. I
3: so I move in with my grandparents, but it wasn't by choice. If if uh, let me say, I understand why some kids will do it. Yeah. Because for me and for my roommate, he moved in, back in with his family, and, and until we were both able to get our own place, it was a financial thing yes. for us, coming straight out of college, not having a lot of money, and having and know, having to accumulate a little and... bit of wealth to be able to get to where we are now. Sure. So I can understand why you would do it. I don't understand why you would stay. That's it. Because and... I, I really like having independence, and I like living on my own. Um, not obviously not by myself because I have the the roommate and everything. Yeah. Um. Who's great and everything. Uh. But I I like having that independence, and f- not necessarily forcing myself to be an adult.
4: <laughs> but that's what I'm I'm
3: having to do. I'm having to force myself to learn. Yeah. To to how to adjust and live in the re- the quote real world after you graduate high school and college. Yeah. And,
2: and I mean. It's true. Everybody's got a different pace, right? And and different yes, pressures and yes. different situations. I mean, by the time I was 21, I was married and had a kid on the way. So, you know, the, the, you want to talk about an education and pressure to grow up in a big, big hurry? That'll do it. So, uh, you know, not everybody is going to do it that way. I look back at it now and say I'm really kind of glad I did because now my kids are all grown up and out on their own and have been for a while now. And that's nice, you know, at an age when I'm still, you know, I'm, I'm not bent over and walking with a cane. So, I, I, I don't know. It, it just, when I hear the numbers being that close to half of everybody between 18 and 29 is living with their parents, what, what comes in a lot is what just came in on the text line. Uh, somebody said, kids don't want anything anymore. They don't even have a driver's license. Yeah, I know those numbers are higher than they were, and we've talked about that. I couldn't wait. To get my driver's license could not wait but i also think maybe that's us because we always put it on the kids and go why are these 25 year olds moving back in with their parents what we never seem to ask is why do their parents let them <laughs> do you know why why are the parents going well yeah sure your old bedroom's right back there you you know how how to get there uh I mean, shouldn't some of that be incumbent upon the parents to to kind of add to that pressure and go, okay, I understand financially you you need to do this for a little
3: while, but let's make sure it's a little while, shall yeah. we? It's it's about having motivation, yeah, it's about having drive. Because I I felt bad living with family because I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to take their food, I didn't want to eat their, you know, yep. use their, ste- you know, because I'm not paying for anything. Right. They are allowing me to live in their home, which I am very grateful and and have a lot of respect for which is fantastic but it wasn't like i was wasting any days i did you know i you did know, that I, I didn't waste a day right i think i was always working there were days where i was still interning over at 6 10 i was working royals games till 2 a.m 3 a.m some nights I'd get home and then have to go do stuff with the football team the next morning. So it's not like <laughs> I was just sitting around loafing around yeah, not paying rent. You yeah. know, I was doing work and I had motivation and drive.
2: And every day, yeah, you were working toward getting out on your exactly. own. Exactly. Yes. That was okay. There was a goal. You know what? Yeah. We're, we're going to get back to this. Um, we have a guest joining us right after the bottom of the hour. We'll tell you about that and then we're going to come back and revisit this conversation because there's a bunch coming in on the text line and this is something I want to take phone calls on. So stay with us. We've got a guest coming up. We'll kind of reset this in just a little while and go into some of your thoughts on the matter as we continue on through this Tuesday morning in toward afternoon, about a half hour away on 98.1 KMBZ.
5: Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test, intelligence data, fixed median download speeds, USQ3 2023.
2: Just past 1130 now on the broadcast. John Grayson here with you on one KMBZ. And I am so glad... That we get to do what we're about to do in this segment of the show because, uh, you know, this kind of goes back to that famous quote from Fred Rogers, from Mr. Rogers, who said, when I was a boy, I would see scary things in the news. And my mother would say to me, look for the helpers. You'll always find people who are helping. And so I've always kind of taken that to heart. Um, He was a pretty wise dude, and he was absolutely right about that. I mean, you can look at any tragedy that that happens in the news, and you'll always find people who say, what can I do? What can I do to make this situation better? And right now we get to talk to one of them. We've all been following the story of Grayson O'Connor, this young boy who was killed in a fall from an apartment building last week. And uh, the the woman that we were about to bring in on the program, Victoria Shaw, has taken that that tragedy and done what she can and is doing what she can to turn that into an absolute positive. Victoria Shaw, thank you so much for joining us. Hi. Thank you. It's great to talk to you. Uh, And I want to talk a little bit about uh, what you've done, this effort called Grayson's Toy Box. But before we get to that, uh, I want to talk about uh, and have you tell us why it is that this story touched you like it did? Why this motivated you to get involved and to try to be one of those helpers?
6: Um, So it all started when I heard about the story. Um, Me and my family were walking down past CBS, and we thought it was something else, but come find out it was a child that was deceased, and we just... um, it broke my heart because I have children myself, and I wouldn't want my kids to go through that, any of that that would happen with him. And um, I would say it's just I want to turn it into something better. I don't like how people are sad and mad about it. I want to make something great come out of uh, Grayson O'Connor. Yeah. I remember it.
2: And it, it makes total sense. And what you've done is, as we said, you've started this effort called Grayson's Toy Box. D- tell us about it. What What's the effort all about?
6: Uh, Grayson's Toy Box is basically toys being sent to shelters, foster cares, like the Foster Adopt Connect that I just connected with on Friday. I...
2: Yeah, I'm sorry, Victoria. It sounds like you you might have a radio on in the background that might be confusing you a little bit because we're on a delay. If you could just turn that down for us real quick, it'd probably make it a little easier. Okay, great. So, yeah, Foster Adopt Connect, that's an organization that we actually, uh, we did some work with them last year, and they're a wonderful place. But um, so, yeah, what is Grayson's Toy Box? What happens when people make donations?
6: Uh, When people make donations, it's just showing that they care and that Grayson is loved, that that he has a love that he didn't have when he was was here. So it's just showing that he's still remembered always in a child's hand, a toy. So say if I have, like, five different toys with his name on it from somebody honoring him, it's for kids that don't have the love that they need. It's going to different shelters, foster cares. It's like basically showing love. Yeah. in his remembrance.
2: And and you're asking for donations of toys, right? This isn't necessarily a monetary thing.
6: Yes, I'm asking for donations
2: for toys. And I mean, I, I wonder when you first got the idea, how long I mean, it, it, we this story just broke about a week and a half ago. So it, you did a tremendous amount of work in a very short period of time. Take us through that. How did this go from being just an idea you had to all of a sudden this is happening?
6: Um, it all started after the balloon release when everybody brought the toys. I seen them sitting outside in the rain and I said, you know what? I don't want nobody taking the toys and leaving it out in the cold or it possibly being thrown away. So I said, you know, let's make an effort to, um, remember Grayson O'Connor. So the toys that were sitting outside, I said, you know what? I'm going to do that. And that's where I came about saying, I don't want, after this uh, story's over, I don't want it to go away. I want him to be remembered worldwide i don't want them forgotten the the whole thing behind grace's toy box is no child left behind and that's my statement on grace's toy box
2: yeah and that's that's fantastic so as you said foster adopt connect is one of the first places that these donations have gone to um have you been able have you had time even to make out a list of other places like that that you think could benefit from these kinds of toy donations
6: I've had a few. I haven't finished my list, but I can name off a few I'm trying
2: to go through. <laughs> Absolutely, please. Uh
6: Avenue of Life. Um what's the other one? Um Met Restart. Um, Domestic Shelters, Rose Brooks. Oh, uh, what's the other one? I'm sorry. Um no, that's take okay. care.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's that. that just I
6: had, it's so many places I could name right now. But
2: yeah. Right. And that, well, then that just goes to show how quickly this is all happening. I mean, it's it's easy yeah. to get lost in something like this. Now I want to talk about the other half of it, which is, you know, we've been talking a lot about charitable efforts as it gets into this time of year. And everybody's you know a little distracted. But this story broke through and and broke so many hearts around the area that I can only imagine what the donations have been like as word is getting out. Um, how many people have stepped up and started donating toys?
6: Um, so I just woke up to the news this morning. I can say I have like five inboxes from multiple people. I have one on the way right now about to pull up, just messaged me actually. And they're from downtown community. So <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of people. And I just want, I wanted it to continue before Christmas. That's, that's the thing. Before Christmas, I want to bless many children in foster homes, shelters, yeah, Anything I can do for Christmas.
2: Put a smile on one of those faces, and that's going to be a worthwhile effort right there. So, okay. uh, so how much more is ahead of you? I mean, it's December 5th, so we're talking about three weeks between now and Christmas Day. Uh, that seems like an awful lot of work to get done in a very short period of time. Do you have people helping you out with this?
6: Um, right now I'm going to have my husband help me do it. But um, my most event that's coming up is my next memorial for Grayson O'Connor. He would have been six on December 27th. That's going to be another Memembro, and I'm going to um, hopefully collect more toys there. But like I said, it's a process. I'm not just going to stop at the memorial. I'm going to keep going and going and going. And
2: how are you getting the word out? Uh, Because as you said, you've got donations that are already rolling in this morning. We saw your story uh, via our friends over at Channel 9 at KMBC. So so how else are, are you kind of getting the word out to people that this is what's going on?
6: So I'm connecting with people on my social media page, Facebook, Nextdoor app, Instagram, uh, TikTok, and my Twitter.
2: So a little bit of social media everywhere, okay.
6: Yes, I'm hoping it can reach out more. Um, I'm going to make a me. I have another person with me as well. He's going to help me make him a a Grayson O'Connor Facebook page. That way we can get it spread out everywhere.
2: Great. And uh, so in the meantime, if if folks want to make donations, is it all new toys that are being donated or will you take toys that are in good shape but may not be new in the box?
6: I will take any toy that's clean, dirty. It doesn't matter. I'm going to clean them up myself before. <laughs> if it's dirty, I'm going to clean them up myself.
2: Good for you. Oh, that's outstanding. I, I'm loving this more and more as time goes on. All right. Um, so if if people want to make donations, let's make it easy for them. How do they find you and how do they get the toys to you?
6: Um, please contact me on my Facebook page, uh, Victoria Shaw. And also, if you guys are on the Nextdoor app, you guys can communicate with me through there. Or, like, um, you can communicate with me with my phone number if that's possible as well.
2: That's great. Yeah, if you've got a number to give out, we'll keep, we'll keep track of that here too. And uh, we'll make sure that anybody who wants it, who may not have a pen in front of them right now, can, can get it. Go ahead and give us the number.
6: Um, I'm going to, well, I'm going to wait on, I'm oh, okay.
2: oh, that, another number. that's, that's <laughs> fine. Yeah. Okay. No problem. Uh, all right. And okay, we'll, we'll, you. we'll have calling it in front But, uh, in, yeah, in the meantime, as you said, all the social media. So what we'll do is on our social media pages on Twitter and on Facebook, we'll put links to your Nextdoor app page and to your Facebook page. So if people want to find it, they can get it through us as well.
6: Thank you so much. That would definitely work out.
2: Absolutely. Victoria Shaw, thank you so much for being with us, and thanks for doing what you did for for the memory of Grayson O'Connor. We appreciate it.
6: You guys are so welcome.
2: You got it. Take care. Um, We
6: are his voice. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Thanks a lot. Yeah, so I, I just, I loved it. I, when I saw that this morning, like I said, it's always about that look for the helpers thing. Um, and certainly, I mean, unfortunately, it's you know, there's, there's nothing that's going to bring Grayson O'Connor back. But if his memory can be used to start an effort like this, I, I just think it's wonderful. So, again, for Victoria Shaw and everything that she's doing for that, could not support that more. So please do. If you you heard her, I mean, whatever shape those toys are in, she'll do her level best to make them right and make them put a smile on the face of a kid. And it, it, let me say a quick word here before we take our last time out for the hour. Um... About Foster Adopt Connect because, you know, we did the office chair games last year. We had a blast. Thank you to everybody who came out and did that. But that was all getting the corporate community in Kansas City together to support Foster Adopt Connect. And we had them in to do a little bit of talking about what they do. What I would do is urge you to look into that organization, look into Foster Adopt Connect, because what they're here to do effectively, and you can learn a lot more about them on their website, is to support fostering, you you know, foster families and foster care here in the area. Uh, And they do that in so many different ways. It would take the rest of the hour for me to explain it all to you. So just remember that name, Foster Adopt Connect, because it's another great organization that we fully throw our support behind here in the area just to to be out there and make life better, not only for the foster families, but especially for the foster kids for whom life can be really, really rough. And so anybody who's doing a solid by foster adopt connect is is a friend of ours. So look into them. Just Google that name foster adopt connect and learn a little bit more about them. You may even find yourself volunteering for them. I mean they're they're that necessary an organization and they really do need the help so with that we'll uh we'll turn some corners here we've got a brief time out to take and then some more to hit you with before the top of the hour john grayson here with you plenty more to come on 98.1 kmbz Coming up toward the top of the hour, as we said, after the top of the hour, we'll get back into that discussion about kids moving back in with their parents and living at home. They, they say the numbers are now approaching half of everybody between the ages of 18 and 29. So we'll get back to that in a little bit, but just a couple of things to wind up the hour with uh, here on the broadcast. Colin, if I remember correctly, are you not a big fan of one Nicolas Cage? I do love Nicolas
3: Cage. Have you heard the latest news? About Mr. Cage and his career. I thought we were about to talk about his new movie. No. Uh, no, this is new new news to me. Yeah, uh, well, his new movie, Dream Scenario,
2: right, is is the new one. Have you seen it? No, looks very funny. It does. Uh, and that's the one where he's kind of schlubby, right? He's kind of like, he's, he's... Yeah, the premise is he's, playing he's some professor
3: in... <laughs> in uh, yes. <laughs> he's playing like a professor at some university, and then all of a sudden people start having dreams about him. Right, and then right, he shows okay. up in everyone's dreams all over the world, and he just becomes this famous worldwide phenomenon. Well, according to the folks at the
2: Daily Beast uh, and a recent interview that Nicholas Cage gave about his his acting career,
3: is he says he's about done. What is the say? You hate to watch him leave (laughs) what is it you love to watch him go but you hate to watch him leave yeah something
2: something along those lines yeah because you can kind of understand it i mean he gave the interview and he said look I, i as an actor i've really said all i wanted to say that there's really nothing left I mean, the only thing that will always be out there, and when I first heard the rumors about this, I thought that has got to be the worst choice I've ever heard. And I've almost kind of come around to, no, you know what? I kind of would have liked to see that was the Superman debacle when he was supposed to play Superman. Yeah, I remember that. In fact, they even made a documentary about how that all fell apart because wasn't Kevin Smith going to be involved in that? He was going to direct I it think or something? so, yeah. And then it
3: just didn't I don't think, happen. I don't think I'd want anybody else but Kevin Smith. To direct <laughs> a Nicholas Cage <laughs> Superman, Superman movie without uh, maybe Sam Raimi. I mean, give, Ooh,
2: given you what right yeah. Give, yeah. Uh, but given what Sam, Ra- Sam Raimi did for the Spider-Man franchise, I-, I could see that going on too. But yeah, he said uh, you know, after all of this, now he didn't put a date on it. He didn't put an end date and said, "Okay, this is it, I'm done." But he's really starting to make noise now about maybe it's it's a career for him. And and I don't know exactly how I feel about that. I mean, especially given the way that he looks, um, he looks a little bit like there was an actor named David Ogden Stiers, who was on MASH for many, many years, uh, was also the dad in my one of my favorite Christmas movies ever, Better Off Dead. He played uh, John Cusack's dad in that movie. And Cage looks a little bit like him. I mean, with the balding head and the whole deal, you know, in this movie, he's a little heavier than we've ever seen him. You know, I could see him kind of going in that direction and being that guy for a while. But, I mean, if he doesn't want to do it, nobody's going to force him. I wouldn't
3: be surprised if we start to see other older actors, actresses start to find that realm of of retirement and kind of dip out and, and say, hey, I think I've done enough. Who do you think's on that cusp? Paul Giamatti. Yeah,
2: well, he's also got a new one out now. He also that looks, has a new one out. That the movie, yeah. I haven't seen it. It looks outstanding. I think
3: Jamie Lee Curtis... After she won uh, best supporting actress or, or yeah. whatever her award was, I think Although, she's kind of in in the twilight of her career where she's just doing stuff to have fun. I will never tire of looking at Jamie
5: Lee. Curtis. Oh no, neither will
3: <laughs> so, uh, yeah. uh, yeah, I. So, yeah, yeah. But I, but I uh, see off what the you're top saying. probably had those two, I think, or two that that have new movies and have had new movies that have come out recently that I think could start to to. Fall away. Yeah, Somebody just brought up my
2: my favorite Nicolas Cage movie, Valley Girl, from, what was that, 1983, I think? Um, and that was, I think that was his first starring role, but he had been in a couple of other movies, like doing bit parts in uh, all of the teen comedy movies, like the uh, the John, uh, John what was his name? John Hughes? Yeah. All of those movies. Uh, Nicolas Cage was in... And was he not also in Fast Times, like real briefly,
3: like maybe for half a scene? I think he was because that was one where my roommate and I watched that. Or was it 16 Candles? I <laughs> think it was Fast Times because he shows okay. up for a tiny little second, yeah. I think is what it is. And you're like, he's oh. listed in the cast. Okay. For one of those two movies, yeah, and I think it was Fast Times, but he only shows up for about two seconds. But, yeah, Valley Girl was
2: his first starring role opposite uh, Deborah Foreman, who, again, wow, as a (laughs) 14-year-old, oh, man, I'm going, that is the ultimate girlfriend right there. She's also a real sweetheart. But uh, so, yeah, that – um, that movie, boy, it had the plimsolls in it and in a live performance, um, just an outstanding band of the era. So yeah, we'll, we'll always consider that one of my, one of my all time classics, but yeah, um, you know, after he does that. It's funny because you take a guy like Nicolas Cage, who started in all of those movies and was doing the same thing over and over again, and then all of a sudden, just did *Peggy Sue Got Married* and you know, and *The Rock*, and he's done everything. He's been an action hero. He's been a schlub. He's been you know the the ultimate boyfriend. It just he's done it all. And Jamie Lee Curtis was the same thing. She started in horror movies, and then all of a sudden. Did everything else, you know, just started to branch out and do a whole bunch of stuff. So, yeah, you're right. Maybe they should all get together and do one movie together and just put, you know, put the exclamation point on all of their careers. That, and and we've got one more quickie for you, I do believe. Oh, yeah. Uh, there was a town in Italy where they were having a little bit of a problem, a uh, place called Vasto Giardi. And in the city center, somebody was going around slashing tires. So they they made this task force and they were trying to figure out, okay, who's going around this, this part of downtown, whatever the name of that place is, and slashing tires. They finally figured it out. It was a dog. There was a dog in town b- because they got surveillance video of this. There was a dog in town and apparently he has a really nasty gum disease and his mouth hurts. But chewing on tires, gnawing on tires made it feel better. So he's been going around town popping tires. Maybe baby teething. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah, they've, they've urged his owner to kind of get him under control and maybe take him off to the vet to get his gums fixed, and maybe they can stop seeing the pop tires all over town. Plenty more coming up after the top of the hour. Stay with us. John Grayson here with you on 98.1 KMBZ.
5: How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas